Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Blessings, New Birthers. Uh, we're so excited that you're here watching us today. Uh, to all of our friends and family that are watching us here, uh, we want to say welcome for tuning in wherever you're watching us from, whether it's here in the Florida area or throughout the country. We want to say welcome to New Birth Church. We are a place of hope. Uh, today we're going to share a word uh, in the comfort of your home. Uh, and because we know that in spite of weather conditions, the church must continue. And so we're going to continue our sermon series, which by the way, today is our very last sermon of our Seek sermon series that started several weeks ago. I am so excited to have seen God do many wonderful things throughout the course of the sermon series. So today we want to wrap it up, but we want to wrap it up the way we started. There was a verse that we opened the series with, and it's found in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13. And that's going to be the same verse we're going to close to the glory of God. And it reads, Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I repeat, he says, and you will seek me. This is God. And you will find me when you search me with all of your heart. The question I want to ask you today as I start this thought is, how do we seek God? How do we seek God? You know, some people feel that seeking God is the end result of walking to, through a church building. People feel that seeking God is the end result of buying a Bible and opening it up in Psalms 23. But how do, how do we seek God? How do we seek him? First, first thing um, Pastor John John said was, uh, the first time he preached this sermon, he said, first of all, God is not lost. So if he's not lost, then one of us is not connecting with God. But why then would God say, you need to seek me? Because if I'm lost, then God should say, I will seek you. But he says, you will seek me. And I think the reason why he says that is because God knows something about us that sometimes we forget. Bear in mind, God made us. And he made us in the image and the likeness of God. That's Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And when he says that he made us in his image and his likeness, what that means is that the same way that God operates is the same way we operate. If you realize, God is composed of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Those three people or persons equal God. If I take out the Son out of the equation, God ceases to be. If I take out the Father out of the equation, God ceases to be to be. What makes God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Interestingly, man was made that same way. God is, man is made of flesh, soul, and spirit. If I take out flesh, man ceases to exist. If I take out spirit, man ceases to exist. What keeps us alive is the conglomeration and the unity between Body, which is flesh, soul, which is your emotions, and spirit. And God says, you need to seek me. So the question is, how can I seek God in the context of God? Well, I told you God is a father, God is a son, and God is a Holy Spirit. Yet all of these operate within the sphere of God. So the question is, if God is three and I am three, 
So what part of man should be seeking after God? God is father, man is flesh. God is son, man is soul. God is spirit, man is spirit. So if there's a connection between God and man is spirit to spirit. So when God says, search me and you will find me, what he's saying is, I want the area of you that is like me to connect with me so that once your spirit is connected with the spirit of God, then you and God are accessible to each other. You know that many, 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 many people live their walk with God, live their Christianity with God, flesh connecting with God who is spirit. And they get frustrated. Others live their walk with God by their souls. And it is in the soul where we have emotions. We cry. We get angry. We get happy. We get depressed. We get frustrated. We get anxious. It is in that area of the body, of the composition of man, that we express our feelings. And sometimes we try to connect with God, who is spirit, through our soul. Which is why when you're sad, I got to go to church. Which is why when things aren't going well, oh my God, I need help. I'm going to church. And we try to make a connection with God who is spirit through our souls. So we come to church emotionally, but we don't leave transformed. We come to church because we're sad and we don't leave church transformed. And the thing is, we got to make it in our minds and in our hearts that if there's an area that can easily connect us to, the, to God, is through the part of us that is like God. It's interesting. In the book of John, Gospel of John. Jesus tells a Samaritan woman. He tells us this. He says, God is spirit and it's necessary that those that pursue him or that seek him would seek him in spirit and in truth. And this is so important. You know why? Because God is looking for people who would connect with him spiritually. But the problem is we want to connect with God depending on which part of our lives is in control. If the flesh overrules us, then we try to connect with God, flesh to spirit. It's not going to work. If your soul is in control of your body and of your life and of your mind, then you're going to try to connect with God, soul to spirit, and it won't work. God is spirit. So we have to connect with God, spirit to spirit. Now, what are the benefits? Because God is saying, search me and you will find me. And when you find me, you're going to find me with all of your heart. So what are the benefits? What, 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 is, what is it in for me? As I search God, search God, what are the benefits of living a spiritual life? I'm going to give you five and then we'll close. Number one, a spiritual life fosters intimacy with God and it builds spiritual strength and stability. And what I mean by this is when you endeavor to live your life in the spirit with the sole purpose to connect with God to the point that you can find God spiritually. Here's what that happens. It creates an intimate relationship with God. You know that many Christians live a superficial relationship with God. But God wants to take us to the realm where we're living intimate. And to me, the word intimate, I break it into me. God wants us to be so into him that we wake up thinking about him that our day is all about him that when we go to sleep we're thinking about him that everything we do is all about God and God wants us to search him and to search him in spirit because once we search him in spirit we begin to develop an intimate relationship with God that is going to make us spiritually strong and give us the fortification and the stability we need in times of struggle 
in times of struggle. So God is telling us, if you seek me and you be a spiritual person and you live a spiritual life, I'm going to strengthen, I'm going to foster your intimacy with me. And I'm going to build you so much so that you're going to be stronger than the attacks that come down your road. The other benefit of living a spiritual life is that a spiritual life makes us useful and effective for God's purpose. If you ever want God to use you for his glory, make it your purpose to live a spiritual life. Look at every man in the Bible, every woman in the Bible that was used, whether it was David, whether it was Ruth, whether it was Sarah, whether it was Abraham, everybody that was used to do mighty exploits of the Lord determined in their lives to live a life useful to God to become effective for the Lord. You know that there are many people that God has spoken a word over. There are many people, even you watching right now, you know God has called you for something greater. You know there's a ministry over your life. You know there's a calling to do a mighty work. There's an anointing over you to serve and be a great evangelist, whatever it is God has for you. But the problem is not that you don't know. The problem is that you're not making yourself useful for God to effectively use you to his glory. But when you start living a spiritual life, your walk with God on a spiritual level is going to usher you to become useful. David didn't just show up in the palace as king over Israel. His life with God was so connected spirit to spirit that when the prophet was looking for someone to anoint over king, he found a man who was like God's heart. So when you live a spiritual life, you become useful. You become a candidate for God to use you effectively for his glory. Here's another purpose or benefit. What are uh, the benefits of living a spiritual life? Here's another one. A spiritual life in your life will cause people around you to glorify God. Oh my God. When you start living a spiritual life, you know what that happens? You become a magnet. And everybody wants to draw near to you. And everybody wants to see what God is doing to you. When you live a spiritual life, everybody around you, when they look at you, they have to give God glory. Because they're seeing, in spite of what you're going through, in spite of your heartache, in spite of your situation, in spite of your problems, you're still living an integral walk. You know that? You, let me say, yeah, let me say this. Remember, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Everybody bowed down before the king Nebuchadnezzar and his idol. But these three guys, they were so connected with God. Three times a day they would pray. They didn't contaminate themselves with the food of, 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 of the time. And they were holy and they were perfect and they were connected with God. And while millions of people were bowing, these three guys stood up straight because they didn't bow down. They didn't yield. And in spite of everybody was bowing down, these three guys said, we're not going to bow. Because our spiritual connection with God is greater than our physical and our emotional. Now, let me tell you this. Emotionally, they were afraid. They knew they were going to be thrown in the, in, in the fiery oven. They knew they were going to be thrown in there. And I'm sure they were fearful. I'm sure they were afraid. I'm sure they were nervous. On the physical area, they knew they were going to get burned and tortured and, 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 and cremated. But they let the spirit of God in them govern them. And they said, you know what, Mr. Nebuchadnezzar? We know you got the power to throw us in there. But let me tell you that, my God, when you live a life in the spirit, when you live a life in the spirit, your spiritual walk is going to cause others to glorify God. And what happened? The fire couldn't burn them. What happened? Nothing touched them. And what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? He began to glorify God. And he declared, surely the God of these three Hebrew boys is the true God of Israel, is the true God. When you start living a spiritual walk with God, when you start living a spiritual life, the world around you will give God glory. What's another benefit of living a spiritual life? A spiritual life builds peace 
with God. I don't know about you, but life gets tough. I don't know about you, but life isn't always easy. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of stress. And even this week, even this week right now, as this hurricane is passing by, some people are stressed out, some people are nervous. But let me tell you, when you live a spiritual walk with God, that spiritual life, that spiritual walk builds in you a life of peace. Like Jesus in the middle of a storm, the dude went to sleep on a boat. And I, don't, and I don't know what your storm is, and I don't know what your heartache is, and I don't know what your problem is, but I can tell you, a spirit-filled person would walk and live and have peace in God in spite of the crisis because you know that this life, you're not living by your emotions. You're living by conviction, and you're living by your spiritual walk with the Lord. Another benefit of living a spiritual life is that a spiritual life pleases God. Why do I want to live a spiritual life? Because I want to please God. Why do I want to live a spiritual life? Because I want to honor my creator. I want to worship my God. But not only because I want to please God, but it also produces fruit. You know how many people say, oh, I'm spiritual. I'm a spiritual person. Or sometimes we stereotype people to be very spiritual. Perhaps because of the way they dress, verbiage, Bible verses that they may know the ties they wear, the heels they wear. But here's how you know if a person is spiritual. The person is spiritual simply by its fruit. I don't know if you've ever been to an orange, in front of an orange tree, but every orange tree by default has to have and produce oranges. You cannot go to an orange tree and expect apples. You cannot go to an orange tree and expect a, ba a banana. You cannot go to an orange tree and expect any other fruit other than an orange. And so the Bible says, if you want to know your level of spirituality, easy. You can tell by your fruits. You can tell by the fruit. And what is fruits? Fruit is the manifestation of how you react, of how you live, and how you conduct yourselves in life that will determine your level of spirituality. And, and, and to give us a picture of what it is that the Bible is telling us, Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, what it is to be a person of the Spirit. What are the signs that you are a spiritual person? And he says, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, he says, but the Spirit, the Spirit has a fruit. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, here it is, here it is, is love. Not speaking in tongues. That's the gift of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Look at this one. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he closes out to say that against such there is no law. For everything in life, there's a law how fast you can drive, right? You rob something, there's a law, you're going to, for everything in life, there's a law, except for those that live the life in the spirit. The Bible says, if you live the life in the spirit and you have the fruit of the spirit, for those people, there's no law. There's no law because you're not operating out of anger. You're not operating out of vengeance. You're not operating out of deceit. You're not operating out of hatred. You're operating out of love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, temperance, self-control. And for those people, anything you do will happen because you're manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. And God is telling us this morning, he's telling you today, if you want to seek me, you got to seek me with all of your heart. But bear in mind, how do we seek God? 
can't see God, flesh, the spirit, it ain't going to work. You can't see God, soul, which is your emotions, to spirit, because God is not an emotional person. God is God, and he's God all by himself. So you got to seek God in the level of God that is like God, and that's spirit. But to live in the spirit, then it, that, that life has to be evidenced by the fruit of the spirit, which is love. So I challenge you today to love. I challenge you today to show peace. I challenge you today to be kind. I challenge you today to exhibit long suffering. I challenge you this day to have self-control. I challenge you today to live the life that God wants you to live. If you do that, you found God. If you do that, you found God. Here's the deal. Last week, we talked about the experience of Moses, right? Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. And what did God show Moses? He showed him his back. He showed him his back. And what does that mean? What does that represent? The back is everything that has happened. Everything that God has done. God is saying, you're too busy trying to find me ahead of yourself. Just look at my back and see all that I've done. All of the love that I've exhibited. All of the peace that I've exhibited. All of the long suffering I have exhibited towards you. And as you embrace that and you make that yours and you live that out, God says, that is the fruit. Listen, how do you love somebody? How do you trust somebody? How do you become long suffering towards somebody? By the things you've gone through in your past. So here's my challenge to you, church, as we close. Here's my challenge to you. To make it your heart's desire to seek God from spirit to spirit. To make an internal evaluation and ask yourself which part of my composition is pursuing God. Is it my flesh pursuing God? Is it my soul pursuing God? Based on how I feel, well, then I seek God. Or is it my spirit who is famine, hungry, desperate in search for God. If your spirit decides today to seek God, he says, you will find me. When you find me and you search me with all of your heart, he's talking about your mind, making the decision up here to say, I will live a spirit-led life. So I want to challenge you today. And after we close, I want you to have a discussion with those in your house. I want you to have a discussion with your family. And ask yourself, how can I be a better spiritual person? How can I exhibit more the fruit of the Spirit so that the fruit of the Spirit in my life can glorify Jesus' name and others could come to the foot of the cross? So here's what I want to do. I want to pray. I want to pray for those watching right now, you in your house, wherever you're at. And I want to encourage you to make it your business this week to take your spiritual relationship with God a little deeper. To take your spirit walk with God a little closer to God. Knowing that God isn't lost, He wants your spirit to connect with His spirit so that spirit to spirit, you guys can see what God has in store for you. So let me pray. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord God, for your word today. We thank you for this great series. But now, God, Lord, as we get ready, Lord, to close, God, may we reflect on where it is we need to be in our walk with you, God. I pray for everything, God, that the enemy has put in our path to keep us, Lord, searching you, Lord, flesh to spirit, soul to spirit, God. 
but that today, Lord, you may eradicate us, Lord, and you may change us and shift us, Lord, from being spirit-led, God, and walking and talking and living our lives in the spirit. I pray that as you do that, that we may also run towards you, God. You said, run unto me, and I will run unto you, God. Help us to run, God so that we may find you, so that we may grow and we may flourish. So I pray for every family. I pray for every member. I pray for every person that this week, God, we some kind of way may get so close to you that we may see you in the fullness of your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to encourage you, church, spread this, tell somebody about this. And next week we're going to meet again at our facilities, God willing, to the glory of God. So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Have a fruitful week. And always remember that we are new birth, a place of hope. Till we meet again. God bless. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about new birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.